welcome to It's More Than Academic, where we will discuss the ways academics support our community, presented by Crusader Casting. I'm your host, Nancy Barkin, principal of Cardinal Givens High School. I'm here today with Jim Liebler, uh, department chair for social studies. Jim, you have been teaching for 27 years, but how many years have you been at Cardinal Givens? First of all, Nancy, thanks for inviting me. Yeah. I'm excited uh, to talk about social studies today. Um, I've been at Cardinal Gibbons for 23 years. Oh. And you've been coaching here that long as well, correct? Uh, yes, I have. That's amazing. So I'm going to ask you some questions about social studies. We might veer off a little bit. Uh, there's quite a bit happening in social studies, so my, I'm going to ask you a leading question. Where do you see your department in five years? Um, let's just start with that one. Okay. Um, well, every year we make goals, as you know, and um, the last couple of years we've been really focused on adding as much technology in the classroom um, that would make sense uh, for our educators and um, doing things like trying to go paperless, you know, that kind of thing. So as far as the next five years, uh, we definitely want to continue to look at new technology and see how that fits with us and our, our educators are doing that. We just had two teachers, Treve Lumsden and Gordon Galloway, come back from Texas. Uh, they had attended the national convention and they brought back a bunch of resources that we were looking at yesterday. We were all very excited about that. Paperless-wise, speaking of Treve again, um, he is about as close to paperless as you can get. Uh, there are trees all over North Carolina that are, that are very happy about this. Um, <laughs> but Treve pretty much only gives uh, tests on paper and everything else uh, is digital. So, you know, we have him in the department that we're looking at and everybody's, you know, challenging themselves to just, I guess, be efficient with the resources that we have. Um, there's also been some things that have come down uh, Curriculum-wise, that we're going to make some adjustments on moving forward. Uh, for example, um, courses like world history that have, you know, just a lot of, of material, as you can imagine, starting in ancient times and moving all the way to modern times, uh, that becomes a challenge year after year. You know, the longer we live, the more history there is, and the challenges are to figure out how to teach all that uh, since the academic year hasn't gotten longer, but the amount of history has. So... Uh, we're trying as best we can to get to modern times, so we're going to be making some curriculum uh, changes moving forward uh, to get us there. So that's one change that's going to be happening um, next year. And uh, with the economics curriculum, we're also going to be making a change to uh, just add in more of a financial literacy component to it. Um, it's more of a, you know, an application, which is typically what we would do in the second half of the, of the course. Uh, we're just going to get a little bit more narrow with that focus towards financial literacy. I think you've been doing that with kids. You know, when I've had the opportunity to watch you teach, I would say, and I don't, I, I just walk in and oftentimes, no matter what topic it is that you're talking about, you are all, you are, I'm going to say this pretty confidently, you're always making some kind of contemporary connection to whatever it is whether using example, contemporary examples, but oftentimes I would say you also talk about this financial literacy piece for them as, I would say more as investors. Again, this is just me kind of remembering being in your class. Um, 
you know, investors, business owners, uh, how they, how you would look at the financial market or the implications or using the, or different terminology. How do you feel like the financial literacy piece, um, you even said it, well, I think narrow their focus. What, what does that potentially look like, do you think? Right. Uh, when this kind of came down as a suggestion, because the public schools were moving in that direction, and we're just sort of trying to, I guess, match up as much as we can, but still have our unique identity and have that freedom and flexibility, which you know we enjoy. I do and have um, included that in what we've done. It's woven throughout it. Uh, right. It's probably sprinkled, so it's not like it's just something that comes up, but sometimes it does. And I try to be as flexible as possible in the class because I want the kids to be as interested as possible. Uh, this is a half-year course, and they get it on the way out. And typically, uh, that could be misconstrued as being unimportant. So I think what, what I try to do is you know, just get them to realize immediately that it's super, super important. And the financial literacy aspect of it is something that they're inherently interested in. In a system like ours, creation of wealth uh, is an opportunity, and that is just one pathway to doing it. And, you know, anything that we could learn about, uh, there, there are different applications to it. You know, so in the first half of the course, we learned about supply and demand. And then in the second half, we can take it in a lot of different directions. Uh, financial literacy has always been one of those directions, but now there's just going to be a little bit more of a focus on it. But I don't think we're going to sacrifice anything in that process. I think, if anything, it'll be more interesting and uh, just more useful for the students. No question. Uh, what do you think classrooms should look like in the future? Well, um, that's kind of... An interesting question. Um, you know, being in a classroom for 27 years, I can tell you that some things won't change. I'm sure there'll be a physical door. I'm sure there'll be <laughs> walls, I hope, especially when it's cold outside. But for the most part, I think that the technology kind of drives the answer to that question. You know, at, at Gibbons, you know, we like to make sure that our kids are prepared for the world that they're going into after they leave here. And technology plays a role in that. So um, in the years that I've been here, um, I've seen the classroom evolve uh, because of the technology, we went on the one-to-one program with the laptops. And what I love about this place is that, you know, we're not afraid to do stuff like that. And, you know, there's always transitional time periods, and there's a lot of support. Um, we're very thoughtful about it. We're very prepared as much as we can be in those times. So I believe that we'll be that way moving forward as well. But I really do think technology is, is, is the answer to that question. So, you know, Vivi is in every classroom now. And that gives us the power to do so many different things. Um, I see our students being a little bit more active in the process uh, because you know they can use their laptops to project. And I think in a, in a social studies curriculum, uh, we can get them even more involved, where they can be part of the of the education process and presenting and you know and creating uh, you know basically just answers to questions. They can create topics. They can. You know, they can drive the ship, and that, that's what we want from them. You know, we'll provide those parameters that need to be there, but, you know, it's, it's, it's something that they're going to own, hopefully. Yeah. yeah, so for those of you that don't know, Vivi is a tool that we have in all of our classrooms that allows our students and educators to wire, wirelessly project um, in any of the rooms with projectors, which is every room. Jim, one of the things I like that you said, and I know this to be true because I've just seen it, and that is kids driving the ship. You've also, one thing that I love about the social studies department, and I see it over time, is a number of teachers who aren't necessarily relying on a textbook to drive instruction. 
you know, I learned this 25 years ago in education. Don't let your, your textbook is not your curriculum. Your textbook is a support to a curriculum and to standard and goals. And I see that in so many different areas. And so what do they do to make things fun in social studies? Because, you know, history can be pretty dry, depending. Mm-hmm. Our educators are not. So could you speak a little bit to that? Well, right. Um, I think that for years, one of the advantages that a, a social studies teacher has had is that you, know, you can show um, films and clips and things like that where the kids get a break from, from hearing you speak all the time, right? You know, we want them to speak, but it's also nice for them to just hear somebody else. You know, it's just, it's different. Um, you have their attention when you, when you shift and change, <laughs> uh, you know, what they're looking at. So with those screens that we have, you know, for example, traditionally we might have had maps, um, you know, where somebody might be squinting in the back of the room to see what you're pointing at. You know, now we have interactive maps. You know, they can go on their laptops and you can go onto Google or whatever the platform might be. And, and, you know, you can zoom in from satellites into places around the world. You know, you can look at the Acropolis or whatever, where it is today. You know, if you're talking about ancient Greece, um, that's a huge advantage because it's just interesting. It's a lot more interesting. It holds your attention. Kids today have a little bit of a shorter attention span. That might be an understatement. Um, The technology, you know, just has conditioned them to expect to get things quickly. So with things like Google Maps, with YouTube as, you know, access to all sorts of interesting people talking about lots of different topics. And, I mean, gosh, you could look at one topic and find, you know, dozens of professionals looking at that through different lenses and presenting it. And then you pick the ones that make the most sense to you. And you can just keep shaking it up. I mean, that's an amazing um, asset to have that. Uh, it's phenomenal. So the technology is just incredible. It takes you to all these different places that you can go. So there's that aspect. And then as far as them, you know, being interested, obviously group work is a way that you've always gotten students in social studies. That's a big piece to the social studies curriculum. You know, when they're working with each other, talking to each other, asking each other questions, learning from each other, that's exciting for them. They feel like they're getting time off when they're doing stuff like that. <laughs> but in truth, they're, they're just they're learning better. You know, we just want them to be focused and engaged. And we just have so many, I guess, ways of doing that in social studies. We really do have so many advantages to keep things interesting. So there's really no excuse to, to not do that when you have all those tools. You know, uh, with streaming television, um, you know, we now have access to, I mean, an infinite amount of digital content, I would say across the board, but what's accessible for social studies, oftentimes when I'm observing social studies teachers, that's how they're using digital content. It's eight minutes, right. seven minutes. It's, it's Edpuzzle, which is a video service or a video tool that you can show a video and pop in a question, kids can respond on a device. It's, it's pretty phenomenal. So I think social studies has, and the folks in your department are, and one of the things I really like is there's an intentional, authentic uh, integration. You guys aren't just adopting something because it's flashy or new or pricey, especially that you're very good stewards of our <laughs> resources. Um, you now have a son that goes to school here. Like, what has Catholic education meant to you? You've dedicated your life to this. Yeah, I'm not overstating it and saying that it means everything because, um, you know, I try to be a person of, of word and action, and, and that's what I've spent my entire life doing. So I really believe in it, and um, 
you know, I try to prove that just by my presence, by modeling, that sort of thing. Um, I don't talk a whole lot about that, so that's probably why it's a little-known fact. But I guess if you've noticed that I've been around here and I remain, it's because I choose to. It's not something I have to do. And I do love Catholic education, and I love uh, teaching. Well, thanks, Jim. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Nancy. Mm-hmm.